I'm Jonah Haddad. Welcome to the next session of What We Believe. This is a series we're doing on the doctrinal statement of Bergen Park Church. And today I want to look at the question of, of the words belief, we believe. What does that mean when we say we believe? These are two words you're going to find at the very beginning of each of the points of our doctrinal statement. So what does this mean? Now, when I was a kid, I would sometimes build forts with my friends, like a lot of kids do. And whether we were building forts in the living room or basement out of couch cushions, or whether we were outside building forts in the trees or whatever it might have been, there was one thing that we always needed to have in place. If you're building a fort, you've got to have a password. You've got to have some sort of password to, to let the right people in. Now, even though you know who you are, and your friends know who you are, and you know who they are, and there usually aren't a lot of other kids trying to get in anyway, the password was still just really important to me and my friends when we were kids. It was there to unite us. It was there to kind of set us apart from other groups of kids. We had a password. And in a similar way, Christians kind of have their own passwords. For centuries, Christians have written summaries of their beliefs in the forms of creeds and confessions. So one of the very earliest creeds was called the Old Roman Symbol. The Old Roman Symbol. This was kind of a precursor to the Apostles' Creed. You can look this up online. You can find the text. It's a simplified version of the Apostles' Creed. And according to church historians, a symbol was a kind of password. It was a means by which to recognize other confessing believers. So if you simply say, I'm a Christian, you might be conveying really the wrong message to people. You might be um, saying something very confusing to people. The reality is people have a lot of preconceived notions about what Christianity is. So we need to be precise with our language. An example of that would be the word evangelical today. Oftentimes, unfortunately, instead of understanding evangelical to mean something related to the gospel and belief in Jesus Christ, people understand the word evangelical to mean something about our political affiliation. When I was working over in Europe doing church planting ministry, um, there were certain words we didn't use because people wouldn't have understood. It would have just complicated our work. Words like missionary, even words like evangelical. When, when Europeans hear that, oftentimes they think automatically, oh, you're in a cult or that kind of thing. So you've got to be careful with words. I think it's better to explain what we believe than simply give ourselves labels. When you itemize your beliefs by explaining what you affirm about God, you're offering clarity about the essentials of your faith. You're announcing the gospel. It's an opportunity to share what's really at the core of your, uh, your, your religion, your, your worship. So creeds, confessions, statements of faith afford Christians the opportunity to clarify and to summarize what we believe. And there have been many creeds and confessions written over the years. If you go back in church history, some of the early creeds you had, say, the, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Chalcedonian Creed, and, and, and others, many others that were written. And these were oftentimes responses to heresies or confusion in the church. So creeds would be written as a way of explaining and summarizing what Scripture taught on various matters of doctrine. And then as we move into the, the Reformation later on, um, 
following Martin Luther and the whole Reformation in Europe, certain documents were written, confessions of faith. So you had, for example, Martin Luther's 95 Theses, which he nailed to the door of the Wittenberg Church in Germany, explaining some of his uh, beliefs about uh, theology, about scripture, about God, challenging um, some of the uh, beliefs at the time in the Catholic Church. You had the Augsburg Confession, the Heidelberg Catechism. You had the Confession of La Rochelle in France, and then later the Canons of Dort, the, the um, Westminster uh, Catechism and Westminster uh, Confession of Faith. And there are many others as well. So these are some of the documents, some of the, 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 the creeds and confessions that the church turns to as we attempt to summarize and understand our beliefs. And then more recently, a lot of church denominations and associations of churches here in the States and, and elsewhere will adopt these ancient creeds and confessions, or some of them, um, while also posting their own statements of faith. And the statements of faith are there to summarize our core beliefs, to elucidate some of our doctrinal distinctives, why we are what we are, who we are, that kind of thing. So for members of Bergen Park Church, we go to our 10-point statement of faith. That's um, where we're going to go. So um, there are two very important words that I mentioned that um, we find at the beginning of each one of these points of our statement of faith, the words we believe. And these are two very significant words, and here's why. When we claim to believe something or to profess faith in something, there are a couple of things um, going on here. And so I want to break down what we mean by the words we believe. Uh, these are really complex uh, ideas here. Um, but we'll try to keep this simple here today. When, when we say that we believe, we're saying something about our cognitive attitudes involving our perceptions about the world. Okay, these cognitive attitudes are largely involuntary. So in other words, on a very basic level, strictly speaking, we don't normally choose our beliefs. That's just the reality of it. Uh, many of our beliefs are the result of things that we see and experience in the world. So for example, right now, I've got a number of things going on in this room. I'm looking at a camera, I'm looking at notes, I've got a computer here. There are a number of objects in this room. I don't choose to believe in any of these objects. I simply believe them because I have a perception. I see a camera, I believe there's a camera. I don't have to decide whether or not I'm going to believe in the existence of a camera. It's just automatic. It's the way things are. So on one level, belief is involuntary. It just happens on the basis of what we see and hear and perceive about the world around us. However, there's a little bit more to belief than that. When we talk about belief as faith, when we talk about religious belief, for example, we're talking about something we choose to affirm. So even though anyone can read the Bible and come to certain beliefs about God on the basis of the testimony of Scripture, they can affirm certain things intellectually, a true Christian profession of faith requires us to voluntarily affirm, adopt, or accept certain information about God and his activities in the world. So in, in one sense, belief is something that's simply given to us. In another sense, belief is something we have to, to latch on to, to affirm, to adopt. So Christian faith, in a way, is kind of a synergy, a, an alliance. Maybe you could say even like a, a spiritual symbiosis of involuntarily received input 
and voluntary acceptance of truths about the nature and activity of God. This is why in Scripture, uh, we read the words of Jesus in, in John chapter 14, uh, verse 1, for example, uh, believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus is asking us to believe, to respond to him in faith. This is why in Acts 16, verse 31, Paul and Silas command the Philippian jailer, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. We have many other examples throughout Scripture of belief. John 3.16 is another one. Whoever believes in the Son, in Jesus Christ, will not perish but have eternal life. So Christian belief requires a step of obedient affirmation of who God is and of what Christ has done through his death and resurrection. But more than that, it's a daily and, and continuous acknowledgement of Jesus Christ, and it's a life that is consistent with that acknowledgement. Christian faith is not about a one-time prayer, a one-time belief in Jesus. It's about living that belief each and every day in obedience. Christian belief is relational because it requires God to reach into our minds, into our hearts, making himself known. And it requires us to humble ourselves before him in faith to receive Jesus Christ as Lord, Master, Savior of our lives. So according to Ephesians 2.8, belief is something that God gives us by his grace. We read that uh, you are saved by grace through faith. That faith itself is a grace of God, something given to us by God. But at the same time, we read in Romans 10.9, that we're required to respond, that we have a responsibility to confess with our mouth, to believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. So there's a profession of our devotion to him. So belief is something we live out each and every day. Now think about the absurdity of someone claiming to be a Christian and yet failing to acknowledge Christ in word and in deed. This would be comparable, I would say, to someone claiming to be a dentist, and yet neither believing in teeth nor practicing dentistry. It's an absurdity. When we stand together as a body of believers and say that we believe, we're saying that God has revealed something of himself to us, and that we in turn wish to affirm our total allegiance to him and to the truth of his word. Furthermore, when we make claims about what we believe, we are consequently saying something about what we don't believe. For everything we affirm, there are things that we would deny as well. So when you affirm uh, the, the triune God, you're denying a Unitarianism or modalism or other theologies that deny the triune God. Okay, to affirm the inerrancy of scriptures, to deny that the Bible is a purely human book. Right? To affirm that God is creator of this universe is to deny naturalistic explanations for creation, for the world. What we believe is important. What we believe defines us. What we believe motivates our action. What we believe sets us apart from the world as people of God. So join me next time as we look at the very first point of 
our doctrinal statement, we're going to be looking at the doctrine of God.